1 John 4, 17 through 5, 3. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he cannot, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, let's pray. Dear Father in Heaven, we pray now that You be glorified. Uh, May we be hearers of your word. May we not be hearers only, but may we be doers. And we ask this for your name's sake, that the kingdom of your Son might become great in and through us. Build up your people, I pray. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. In the 80s, there was a movie with Tom Hanks. And it was called, um, I think it was called Nothing in Common. But that was the uh, song that was in it from the Thompson Twins. Anyway, in the movie, there's a scene. It was with Tom Hanks and Jackie Gleason played his father. And it was actually the last movie that Jackie Gleason was ever in, if you know who Jackie Gleason is. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, there's a scene where Tom Hanks is with a uh, businessman. And uh, the businessman is very important, and he's trying to impress Tom Hanks. And he says to Tom Hanks... Um, I only use my salad fork to eat my entire meal. To which Tom Hanks looked at him and said, kind of sheepishly, how do you eat your soup? (laughs) (laughs) And I say that because many times you'll hear people say to you, I love God, but I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, and I don't need to go to church. I find my spirituality by myself. I find my love for God alone. And I would say to them, well then how do you one another? How do you do the commands to love one another if you're only by yourself? Today's passage will look at the importance of one anothering. And it's actually a great passage for the second Sunday in Advent because as we learn, Advent is a tradition that Christians have where we celebrate the first coming of Christ and we look forward to the second coming of Christ. He first came as a baby to save, right? Not to judge. But the second coming is in judgment. And as my dad always says, on that day when kingdom come, all bets are off. 
even though he doesn't believe in that, uh, it's true. When he comes the second time, it's in judgment. And uh, it's, it is a, a day that is called the day of the Lord. And it's a, a fearful day that you do not really hear many people talk about anymore. But yet, it's plain in Scripture. And uh, that's the irony of Christmas, is that His first coming, I shouldn't say the irony, but that is an irony in Christmas. His first coming, which we all celebrate in America as uh, Christians and as consumers, and uh, as receivers of those who consume, hopefully, uh, we celebrate that first coming. But what's implied in that first coming is the second coming. And I don't mean to sound giddy and laugh, but there's a slight bit of uh, irony in that, which I find a little kind of funny, but judgment's not funny. That's serious. So First John here, he, he, he's continuing to talk about love. Are you getting tired of hearing about loving? Uh, uh, hopefully not, but there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of loving in this book. But it's not this amorphous uh, age of Aquarius love that you don't know really know what it is. It, it's actually a love that uh, is, is, is defined. And the love is defined in God's love, what he did for us. And that is in Jesus Christ, in his work, in his life, in his death, and his resurrection, and his glorification, and his gift to us. So uh, we see three things in our passage. Um, we see that, that uh, God's love for us creates in us no fear of punishment. That's no fear of judgment. And uh, um, it frees us to truly love others. And also it frees us to uh, build true community. Verse 17. By this is love perfected. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Here we see that God, uh, that John... And God is assuring us through John that we have eternal life. And this eternal life is based on God's perfect love. And this is expressed in the work of Jesus on the cross. Um, it's expressed through Jesus' sacrificial life and it is motivated by love. And because this is ours, John is reassuring us that we do not have to fear judgment. And if you ask people, and if they were honest, many people, not all, but many, they fear death. And the reason why they fear death is because they fear the unknown. Actually, what they fear is judgment. They do fear judgment. And, and they may not want to admit it. But it is, it, it is a great uh, fearful thing. I used to fear it. Uh, that's part of my conversion was uh, very simply... Uh, my friend and his fiance, who was to become his wife the next day, came to me, uh, came, walked up, and I was with my friend Aaron, and we're, as uh, teenagers did, do, hanging out in my parents' garage. 
doing nothing. And they walk up, and, and this was their, their uh, salvation pitch to us. Hey, if you guys don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. And so I said, well, what do I have to do? And so they led me through uh, you know, uh, a plan of salvation and the sinner's prayer. Fear of hell did, was a motivating fact. I mean, I did think about that. But now as a believer, I no longer have to fear hell. Because Jesus paid my penalty for me. And not only that, I'm clothed now in His righteousness. So when the Father sees me, He sees His Son's perfect righteousness. When He sees you in Christ, He sees Jesus' perfect work. So we no longer have to fear uh, the penalty that was ours. Uh, we can rejoice at this time because the gift that was given, Jesus, is our Savior. And we can love as He loved. And so John tells us that we don't have to fear. And fear has to do with punishment. The punishment that He's talking about is a penalty for our sins. That's judgment. And then He goes on to say, we love because He first loved us. He tells us why we love. And it's not something within us. It's not something that we uh, conjure up, that we do. It's not a work that we do. We love because He first loved us. But then He goes on, If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has not, whom he has seen, excuse me, okay, sorry. He, he goes with this little uh, logical exercise here. And uh, as Sting says, your logic ties me up and wrecks me. Um, so let me get this straight here. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So if we say we love God, but we do not love our brother who we see, then it's impossible to say that we love God who we can't see. So he ties up loving one another with loving God, and then vice versa. He ties up loving God with loving one another, and then he ties up loving one another with loving God. It's kind of a tautology, um, a, a, a circular reasoning. But as, uh, as Cornelius Van Til said, some circles are good. <laughs> Meaning that, uh, you know, many, many arguments uh, turn into circular reasoning, but some are good, and this is a good one. Uh, uh, so let's... Let, let's uh, let me carry on here. I'm getting tongue-tied. So he's telling us we have to love our brothers who we see, or the brethren. If we say we love God, we have to love them. And he says, And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And it kind of struck me as we're reading this, and that's always what's good about reading the Word of God out loud, is that uh, the Spirit works through that. Here it says, um, And this commandment um, we have from Him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. 
Here John keeps equating the commandments with God, the Father, but yet we know this commandment came from Jesus. So here also we see the, the deity of Christ in giving commands. God can only command and, and uh, require of us. And here we see Jesus requiring of us what God requires. So in, in this passage, we also see the deity of Christ. And that's for free. And then chapter 5, we move to chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commands. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. Back to what I said about loving one another uh, requires community. That's what we see here. In order for us to obey God, we have to be in the community of believers. Otherwise, we're not loving one another. And if we're isolated, we're, we have no opportunity to love one another. So that's why uh, this American phenomenon right now that has created an online church cannot stand. It's not biblical to have an online church. It's biblical to meet together. It, it, it's, obe- it's being obedient to God to meet together. And, and so God requires that as His children... We are filled with His Spirit. And because His Spirit is in us, we are going to love like He loved us. And how did He love us? He loved us sacrificially. He gave His life for us. So we are to love one another that way. We are to love one another sacrificially. And that does, you know, um, that is, uh, like I said, it's not an amorphous thing. Uh, You know, kind of this vague concept, well, what do you mean? He tells us exactly what it means. He says, by obeying the commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. So, how has that worked out? Jesus said that, that by loving God uh, with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, you're fulfilling the commandments. So, practically, how does that work out? It means loving your neighbor lawfully according to the Ten Commandments. Not killing him. <laughs> not stealing from him. Alright? These are negative commands, right? Not lying about him, bearing false witness about him. Not coveting what's theirs. Alright? To say that positively, protecting them. Protecting their property. Speaking well of them. That, that's, that's what the application is here. That's what we do as Christians in community. And so this all implies that uh, we should be in church together. We should be in church together. Now, now uh, not judging anyone, because uh, I understand kids get sick and we can't make it and everything. You're here and, and you're obeying God and it's, I want to commend you. That's great. And I want to say, keep doing it. Keep coming. Keep on one another. That's what John is telling us to do. And uh, he's saying that because this was a community that had suffered uh, a schism and false prophets had been in their midst, he was telling them that's how you can see the false prophets, uh, the false teachers, because they don't do this. They're in it for themselves. They don't, wanna, they don't love one another as Christ loved us. 
sacrificially. And this is the evidence that we have been born of God when we have that love. Um, now, I don't, I, I don't want you to, uh, I don't want to turn you into navel gazers to, uh, you know, to uh, obsess about every, uh, every circumstance that happens to you. Um, the way the Spirit works is that all of a sudden you realize God has changed me. Um, I, I am doing this. I don't do it perfectly, but yet I, I do care. I do love, and I do want to love. I do want to be with God's people. Now, there's times when you don't want to be with God's people, and, and that, you know, that, that happens to all of us. But uh, what it's saying is our heart's desire will be to worship with God. Chad and I were just having that conversation, how he's at work as a fireman, as a public servant, and he's unable to come to worship service, and how he, when he comes, he's just so glad to be here. That's, that's what I'm talking about. You know, there, there are circumstances where we can't be here, but we should be longing to be with the people of God because that is our ultimate destiny anyway, uh, is to be with God forever. And it's our new nature to be with God and His people. And so our, it, we're compelled. We're compelled. I think um, I think I'll leave it at that. That is this morning's exhortation for you, that uh, the love of God uh, has taken away any fear of judgment in us, and it frees us to truly love others, and it enables us to have a true community of God. Uh, let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your word that's true. We thank you for your life-giving spirit. We pray now that we, we would live as you have called us to. I pray that you bless your people and bless the children here present as well. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.